0: As we proceed to give you what you need, it's not nine, five, five. we <laughs> in the 2020, we about uh, ready to get up out of this mug, man. Get on some 2021 steez desperately. We need it. We need to look ahead and uh, look to better things like more Running with war. We are back. In effect, Joshua M. Hicks, Drew Stevens, Kyle Means, yours truly. And we are running back as the NBA is coming back sooner than, uh you know, it may have been imagined a couple months ago. But, uh, no, we can't be mad at that because that means – more ball to talk, more off-season maneuvering. And this is indeed going to be a unique week and a, an interesting week in the in the league. Uh, unprecedented again because, you know, usually with, with off-season in the NBA, you have a little time to space out things. You know, you, you can focus primarily on the draft right after uh, the finals and stuff. But you know, you know, everything's being bunched together now because of this this off season on speed that we have here, uh, running up to December twenty second. Now is going to be the start of the season, and um, you know, you got already a bunch of moves that have been rumored, and some that have even, uh, you know, essentially uh, on paper, you know, if not written down, but. Uh, you know, we we gonna talk about a lot of those deals already that are that are been a, a handshake deals at least, and we're gonna of course preview tomorrow night's draft, but just about twenty four hours away from the draft, and you know, give you a little bit of uh, what we think is gonna happen in those top spots from number one uh, to uh, through the bull spot at number four, and uh, maybe even a few beyond that. And, um, yeah, we're going to have some fun with it. Like I said, Drew and Josh are here. Um, uh, Chris is somewhere uh, trying to make some money, I guess, on TV somewhere. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to tell his business for now. We're going to leave that leave that up to him to reveal that. But, uh, yeah, he's doing some wild stuff. You know, he, He's going to come back with some stories, I'm sure. But we are going to have a fourth runner with us. A first time runner, uh Gabriel Wilkins will be with us. And Drew got some sort of animalist. Is that a it's
1: cat man?
0: What? It's cat man. We call him Lil Hitler. Oh, Lil Hitler. Yeah, man. Oh man, you better watch out for this. <laughs> Terrorize everybody.
1: We got a dog too, but he he run the show in here, man. Let him tell it. Okay.
0: All over the place. I man bill watch watch out for your gas pipes with, with Hitler. <laughs> but anyway Gabriel Wilkins will be joining us at about a half hour uh he, now he's big uh you no know, he right for hoops habit and he's big on the rockets so mm-hmm. we're gonna definitely talk a lot about uh the rockets to seem, seem to be like in the middle of everything right now they've already made uh uh, uh an anticipated deal uh you know, with uh, a bringing a reason back, sending Covington to uh Portland, and uh, but but everybody wants to know what they're gonna do with Westbrook and Harden and everything, so we're gonna definitely talk about that as well. But uh, you no, know, which uh, y'all two just want to uh, you know as we start off here at the top, man, what y'all think about you know, overall about what's happening right now and what's what's things been like since. You Know we, we last got together, man. What you know, leading up to right now, like I said it's been kind of crazy. A lot of uh, you know, moves are up in the air, potential moves, and uh, even the stuff that we've seen already that looks like it's going to be done. The Chris Paul trade, you know, um, uh, the uh, uh, the two trades that Milwaukee have made, uh, Bogdanovich and Drew, uh, Holiday, look like they're going to be coming up there. You know, any thoughts on any of those or anything else that's that's we've seen in the re- recent pa- in the in recent times here?
2: I'm just the fire. I'm just enjoying the fireworks, man. That's why I'm popping this popcorn.
0: Yeah, you got the popcorn <laughs> looking like Michael Jackson in the theater, man. Yes,
2: sir. I'm I'm enjoying the fireworks. Enjoying the, the show. <laughs> it's the NBA, man. The NBA always gets fireworks thing and random crazy stuff going on in the in the off-season and the fact that this is a, such a short off-season and you know like you mentioned the draft is tomorrow free agency is happening what two days right after the draft yeah like it's a lot of stuff that's gonna be you know it's gonna be a lot of fireworks taking place and like you mentioned before we already started Chris Paul's on the move to Phoenix um I'm pretty sure you know he, I mean, we knew he was gonna go somewhere but Phoenix was probably one of the farthest ideas that many people actually thought would actually happen. It yeah, um, wasn't the
0: obvious pick,
2: yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the most obvious pick, but I'm happy because now that means Devin Booker has a quality backcourt mate that can really take his game to another level. So I'm happy to see that pairing. But it's, 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 it, I don't know what – Houston, y'all got a problem because <laughs> <laughs> Westbrook and James Harden and stuff is, 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 is about to blow up. And you guys pretty much need to start a rebuild at this point. And all this stuff going on, James Harden's Harden trying to go to Brooklyn – Great to be, I guess, be part of the new OKC that he originally left for, but that's a whole other discussion. Um, It's like, I don't know, it's fireworks everywhere, man. I'm just enjoying every second of it with me, my popcorn, and my G raid. So, as long as we keep talking about these things, I'm paying attention. You know, I'm be like, whoa, with my phone next to me to figure out these woes bombs that be coming in and making sure I'll be staying in tune with our guy, Scoop B, who has been breaking news like crazy um ever since the, especially ever since the the season has been over with he's he pretty much called that call trade as with phoenix being one of those main uh, suitors so just gotta just, i'm just interested to see what these next 48 hours is gonna look like especially since apparently we're hearing the bulls is trying to make moves too That's yeah, so you, you
0: you you came you came with something i saw on the text a little bit talking about
2: kimber walker or something what's what's that about It's rumored that the Bulls inquired about Kemba. That's the rumor right now. But um, I think Kevin O'Connor mentioned that saying that the Bulls inquired about Kemba, which is very interesting because, you know, the previous establishment would not have done anything like that. But (laughs) the fact that we even inquiring, I like the aggressiveness, if that truly is the case. I like the aggressiveness that we're trying to to see what's really out there in the market, especially since we pretty much are not looking for a point guard. And if, and if it's not a guarantee that we're going to get LaMelo Ball in this draft. So because of that, do you really want to that's, – that's what we're going to talk about later, where do you really want to take that chance at number four to draft a point guard that a lot of people don't really have in their top five, 10, and ten uh, list? Or do you just wait till free agency or the off – or, you know, free agency or just other options that may be available in the offseason like a Kemba Walker if it really is, uh, you know, available for them? I don't believe it is. I just think they're just, you know, doing their due diligence and seeing what the, what you know, what other teams are willing to offer, willing to give up. But just in, just the fact that we are inquiring already gives you a, a whole different outlook on how aggressive the Bulls are trying to be to get things to, to the relevancy and back to the way they, they, you know the Chicago city needs and deserves. So I'm excited about it. But like you said, man, y'all y'all keep talking. I'll be right here popping my popcorn. It's all good.
0: Uh, let let 'em beat Drew. <laughs> Give them something else to be excited about,
1: I guess. Yeah, I mean, um, everything that that Josh said, I'm definitely right there with him. Checking my phone constantly uh, on Twitterverse, seeing what's going on. Um, When that Drew Holiday deal first came down, I said, okay, I like it, but I still don't think it's strong enough to really put them over the top. Then they made the deal and got Bogdanovich. Still, it's nice. It looks good. They got a... A nice starting five, but I still don't think it's is gonna be enough, man. And I, I say that because even with Drew, um and even with Middleton, Giannis still doesn't have really a number two guy. Like they aren't in that sphere of the second fiddle type player. Um you know you don't and,
0: think Drew could be potentially the two?
1: Nah, I don't see Drew as a two. Um as, as good as he is as well-respected as he is in the league, I don't see him as a number two. I think I think Giannis is running with two threes, uh, and I, I don't know. I, I guess they, that's that's what they're going to roll out there next year, um, obviously. Like I said, while the starting lineup looks good, I don't know that that necessarily puts them over the top, maybe not even in the East. Uh, you're talking about Miami coming back strong, uh, more experienced. Uh, Boston as well, always going to be tough. Another year for um, Jalen Brown and Jamal Tate or Jason Tatum to uh, show what they got, take another step forward in that development. Um, Obviously, who everybody keeps talking about, Stephen A. Smith continues to talk about, rightfully so, is the the Nets. Um, That seems to be everybody's number one seed uh, in the Eastern Conference without even seeing them having played a game together and seeing how KD looks on that um uh rehab leg <laughs> uh foot ankle i should say and i'm just not i don't know i don't know i'm not really i'm not ready to push the nets to number one but i'm also not conceding the east to the bucks
0: just yet i need i need to see more josh that's that's the plain popcorn that's chicago mix <laughs>
2: this is the movie theater it's movie popcorn. The movie theater popcorn. This is the, the, the must need popcorn for when you want to see the fireworks. This is nice movie. and buttery.
1: Exactly.
2: You yeah, know, quite nice buttery. And buttery, buttery mix with a little natural cheese on the side, man. You good. <laughs> you, go. right.
0: you, you keep keeping it. You keeping it fancy. I'm. You got to keep it hood with the Chicago mix, man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's when you that's when you seeing somebody fight on the corner, though. That's, <laughs> yeah you just pop some of that had that had a three mix in there, and then you're like oh the mods. oh they come to the cops you go <laughs> anyway well let's yeah i i, I don't know man I, I'm like I said it's it's just it's been fun i think you know like you said this overlapping of you know the this period the the the, the signings uh, officially, don't occur till Friday, but you know, now we got the the allow tampering that's going on essentially uh, from Monday, and like I say, just to have that overlapping with the draft is, is a trip. I, I wonder how these uh, GMs are are uh, dealing with that, you know, because that's something that they typically don't don't have to deal with. And uh, in Chicago, you know, of course, yeah, we do have. Uh, a first-time GM, in Eversley. we have a first-time VP. But you know, these guys have—you know, these guys have been around the block. They know a lot of what they want to do. And um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see if, if anything comes about with a trade with the Bulls or anything like that. If they, you know, Walker, I think would be nice—a nice, a, a nice uh, guy to acquire. But I wonder what you would give up for him. You know, if you would just give up the fourth pick for him, you know, I would rather the Bulls maybe switch picks with Boston in some way and try to see if they could acquire Walker in in, in that kind of fashion. Because I think they need to, they need young talent still. They need uh, affordable talent and uh, manageable talent on rookie scale. And you know, I just, I just don't, you know. I just don't know if Walker is enough to give to mortgage your future, you know, because even if, even if you don't like necessarily, if you're not over the moon with the guys who are available to four, you potentially could miss out on a star and a, and a real building block guy, whether you, not necessarily, if you're talking, you know, whether you're not talking about ball, you could take ball out the equation. Maybe you're talking about Hayes or Halliburton or, you know, uh, you know, even Denny, you know, maybe one of these guys could be a cornerstone guy for you, you know, but if you if you just give up the four to get a guy in in Kimber who you we know what Kimba can do. He's an all-star. But you know, is he gonna, you know, are you gonna be pairing him next to uh next to uh Zach? And is that pairing gonna be enough to get you where you wanna go? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm with you, Kyle. When I saw that uh, flash across the screen about the Bulls inquiring about Walker, almost like the Milwaukee move. It's like, OK, that's that's cool. I'm not mad at them. Yeah. But almost would rather them use that pick, like you said, for somebody that might, that's, that's younger, obviously, um, and be a building block to something bigger. Because I'm not ready, even though I would love to see maybe LaMelo Ball, I know what it would take or what's rumored for it to take for that to happen. Uh, meaning us moving marketing, or moving Wendell Carter Jr. And as, as disappointing as those two have been because of injury or uh, poor leadership, whatever you want to call it, I'm, I don't think they should move yet from those two. I mean, hopefully injuries don't continue to riddle this team the way they have because I think they had the makings of a, at least the AC seed um, last year. Had they been able to play together, yeah. that's a huge factor in the development. Even Otto Porter Jr., you know, people make a lot of jokes about him and the amount of money he's making. Um, that twenty-eight and a half million dollar out there, he had, um, but he's a good piece, though. He just needs they like marketing, like Wendell Carter Jr. They just this injury bug has just slowed the development down, the rebuild down so much. Um, and I think they should at least they owe it to everybody on that roster just to run it back, man. Let's, let's see
0: if we can what we can put together. Well, and Drew, and the injuries have definitely been a factor, but I think even more of a factor is the lack of uh, leadership and the the failure of coaching. Mm-hmm. Like I really, I don't think you could judge, I don't think you could wholly judge anything that the Bulls have done in the past two years with that guy coaching them, who, who was coaching. Him. I ain't even gonna say his name, but okay. I forget his name almost. Like it's like <laughs> I want to call him. I want to call him the uh, the Camp Ranger dude like, from Yogi Bear. You know that's what he made me think of. But, <laughs> it's the time clock uh, guy, I think. Yeah, the time oh, clock guy. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what we to call. Him. But he was he was so negligent as a coach, man. You can't really properly, in my opinion, you can't really properly judge any of the guys on the team right now in regards to their development because mm-hmm. they were they were stopped. They were they were. You know, stopped uh, or really held back uh, development wise. So now you have a proper pro coach in Donovan Near. So like you like you say, Drew, I think you got to at least use this whole coming season to uh, figure out what these guys are under a real coach, a real coaching staff as well. We could extend it to Mo Cheeks and in the guys and, um, we're gonna be working with Donovan. I think is they're all improvements as well. So you know, let these guys let these guys develop under a better light this year and see what you can do with them. And you know, if if you like, I said the right. If, if I think I have confidence that AK would would do if he pulled a deal, it would be a a, a positive deal of a, 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 you know a deal that should be made, but. I don't want I don't think the bulls need to do something to do something Milwaukee needs to do something because they want to impress uh you know they want to impress their franchise guy they want to keep him there they want to keep you know they want to keep they want to keep him happy in in some way and keep him feeling like that they're doing whatever they can to uh make themselves a championship team right now the bulls don't have to do nothing to make themselves Better right now they just need to do something to build off you know, to make themselves manageable I mean not manageable but make themselves uh professional again you know like they they just need to get get away from what they were the past two years
2: mm-hmm. yeah most definitely I mean I think that's the only reason why when we hear the bulls inquiring about certain things I think that's I think it's I don't want to say smokescreen per se but uh yeah. um, but I do want, but I do think it's just them showing, like, okay, we're going to do our due diligence, but they know knowing the back of their minds. This is just like a trial year. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: this is going to be the year where they get to really figure out who is here for the long term and who isn't. And, and of course, um, aside from the fact that, you know, next offseason, that's when they're going to really have the biggest amount of cap space that they had in a very long time. And utilize that cap space with superstars that may that, you know, may potentially really be in the free agent pool. Um, that's where I think they're going to really try, gonna try to make the most aggressive, biggest splashes. Yeah. I just think that, you know, obviously with the, uh, with the draft taking place and with this offseason being so short and the salary cap being so tight, they're just trying to see what they can do to wiggle things around, but I don't think they're taking it as serious as, you know, others may inquire or hope for it to be. I think they're just, just doing, their due, 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 doing their due diligence and just expecting, you know, to select someone who was available at number four? Who they really think could potentially be the cornerstone player, or for that franchise? And they gotta do. They gotta do things.
0: They gotta play out the the uh, the Otto Porter contract and stuff like that to get more space. As, as I think, as of now, they only have space for like one free agent signing. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you, you you pretty much stuck with this roster as is. You're not. You know, people aren't gonna be knocking. Ain't nobody knocking down the door to get at Otto Porter's contract or to get at his play, and and people people aren't even knocking the door down for Zach. I was like, yes, last night when I was, you know, everybody was reacted to what um, New Orleans got for for Drew. I, I was like, damn, they ain't want Zach. You know, they, oh, they, oh, they, oh. They, they, I mean, they these guys giving away. Uh, have uh, all their picks for the next couple years like bull should have been out out there like hey we got something right here you know let us get a couple of the picks you know
1: we got something for you more I think that just lends itself more to what we've already you know talked about about how Connor Solvice, he just wants to see he wants to see what he has. Uh yeah. get a better look at what he has. Um we'll see. So what what do you guys think? Do you think they are they more in need of a wing or more in need of a point guard? Because in, in the, in the good question, the caveat to that is if you go point guard, then what's your starting lineup? Are you, are you going, is Kobe going to be in, a, you know, Kobe's going to be in the starting lineup, right? But if you go with another point guard, that's going to be, I don't know about the backcourt, man. Yeah.
0: That's a big, that's a big question going into this draft. So, and, you know, it, Yeah. Do you go with a point guard and try in some way to do like a three guard starting lineup? Because I think a lot of the belief with Kobe is that, you know, you can at this point in his development, you can allow him to play more off the ball and more, you know, you want to more max out his ability to score and just, you know, be a dangerous threat on the perimeter for, for defense's whereas you could have a slicker you know a slicker ball handler type guy who was running who was you know controlling the ball and of course you know zach is will be an even bigger longer threat as a you know sort of a hybrid two three more of a you know he's traditionally more of a two but you can play him as a shorter three as well Mm -hmm. and um you know that's what that's what brings about rumors like the the Kemba Walker thing and all that. So you can go a couple directions there. You can go with your draft where there are a couple of options. Well, for point guards in the top ten, whether you stay at four or you maybe trade down and maybe go, you know, go with a Halliburton or somebody like that lower in the in the top ten if you depending on where you trade or or Killian Hayes too as well. Or you can, like I said, you can try free agency. But it's interesting, too, the you know the Bulls, we got to look at some of their moves that they made with, with guys already as well. Uh, they've basically said that they're not messing with Shaq Harrison and um, Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn, yeah, there you go. So you're talking about two guards right there who – at least they're not starters, but rotationally, they're guys who could play off of Kobe. And so you, you got to feel that they feel, you know, if they're, if they're letting those two guys go and they're keeping the Denzel Valentine, which is sort of, you know, for some, it's sort of peculiar deci- decision-making, but Denzel is more of a wing guy. So you, you would think that maybe the Bulls are edging more towards getting a point guard, you know, by hook or by crook.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that, like you, said, like you mentioned, that's the biggest thing we have to pay attention to. It is because of the fact that we've heard so much about the, about rumors of maybe the Bulls trying to trade up to get LaMelo and what it would take to get LaMelo ball in this draft. Or like you said, we just heard today about the Bulls inquiring about Kemba Walker. But it's very rare rumors or reports that I've seen that talked about the Bulls actually trading down with teams to select yeah. a specific point guard or a specific player. And that's interesting. Even in Casey uh, Johnson's recent recent uh, article, they have him they have he has the Bulls pretty much considering or drafting a wing player. Um, and it's a wing player that I haven't really heard of or paid much attention to, but I guess is the wing player that was on the rise throughout this draft pro- throughout the draft process. So And that's what Pat that's Patrick Williams. Patrick? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've heard his name and um Akuro's name brought up in, yep. in to the Bulls and of course Denny, which I absolutely don't want them to pick. That'll be like my worst case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> and I really can't even back it up with substantiated facts, just I don't I don't want to touch him.
2: <laughs> I would be surprised. I mean I mean, look, it, it, AK is the Euro, It's a European connect. So I won't be surprised if he goes there and says, "You know, this British European guy over here. We'll figure it out, right?" Mm-hmm. That, that's that's something that's some that sounds like something that's up his alley. But to AK's credit, we we have reason to trust him, especially yeah. when it comes to the draft process. Look what he did with Denver: getting Bo Bo, Michael Porter Jr., Jokic, Jamal Murray all those guys are they went they went to the Western Conference Finals this past year. So it's like you can't you can't you can't neglect um AK's you know pr- progress and his produce. He, he bears fruit. So we just got to hope that he utilizes that same uh mindset that helped him develop the eye the good eye for talent that he did in Denver mm-hmm. and hope that he brings some of that good fruit back to the shot, man. And it's interesting too you look at
0: Denver. He's not a f- He's not he he's pretty much a guy who goes strictly off talent. You know, getting the most talented guy because you look at a couple of the positions in Denver that sort of backed up like in particular in the wing spots like you know, they got a couple you look at like them having Beasley and uh you know, Murray and a couple other guys in the backcourt like who do similar things but they're just talented guys so he's 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 it seems like he's fine with having a deep roster with multiple guys who do the similar same similar things or you know the same things as long as they're just you know talented guys.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, just just throw the best five out there, positionless basketball.
0: Right, positionless basketball. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, five, yeah. Yeah,
1: the the joker makes that real he makes it a lot easier said than done, but
0: yeah, that yeah. <laughs> and that you it helps when you hit like hit with a guy like that. Yeah. And that's a that's another thing about this draft. Like when you look at guys like the Bulls did a lot uh indirectly to help that roster. You know, the previous regime did a lot to help that roster directly with that trade. They had uh, you no, know, was it an eleven, I think, or something like that, or fourteen with uh you no know, McDermott and giving them uh, Nurkic uh Harris mm-hmm. at the time. Nurkic sis has left, but Gary Harris has been, remained there and has been a, an important guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know they use Nurkic to get Plumlee, who's been a uh, you know another guy in their rotation ever since. So yeah, it's you know the Bulls. Maybe the Bulls could fleece somebody like like the Bulls used to get fleeced. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe they're on the right. They could be on the right side of a fleecing now mm-hmm. since they don't have guard packs. Uh, making their decisions
1: through yeah it's just it's exciting man cause i don't i think um Carlos this is his, when he was in Denver he never picked higher than seventh so for him yeah, to have,
0: yeah
1: for him to do what he did or to help them do what they did you know with with these picks uh including the second round gyms that Josh talked about to be this high in the draft even though it's outside of the the main three that everybody's talking about it's, it's still exciting and like Josh said he's built up enough equity for fans to make peace with whatever decision he chooses to go in tomorrow. Whether we like it or not, you know, this guy, we can rock with him for now, you know? <laughs>
2: right, right. And I we, think, that, we, that, we, no, I was going to say, I think also keep the point I'm going to um, highlight is the fact that Billy Donovan knows what it's like to play multiple guard mm-hmm. lineups um, you. He, he Did in Oklahoma City, how he made it work with Dennis Schroeder, Chris Paul mm-hmm. and Jay, Gilt, Jay Kilt, uh, Gilchrist Alexander. So you talk about maybe drafting a point guard. You may have a three guard lineup, like we talked about with Kobe White, uh, whoever they select, whether it may be Lamelo Ball or whoever they end up getting in, drafting or even trading for. Um, to have that three guard lineup with Zach Levine in your backcourt and give that flexibility as far as you know, working with Otto Porter Jr., who was a stretch, who was a stretch wing player. Same with Laurie Markin from the forward. I think having having that experience of playing those multiple guard lineups in oklahoma city is going to help him out and in chicago especially since you do it, it it gets more flexibility especially when you're talking about guys like Otto porter jr and zach levine who can play those wing positions very very well as well as if you need auto to play the four while marketing is on the bench or if you need to go that much smaller and move mark into the five you do have Otto that can be there with a zach levine as your three and you still got the nice a nice backcourt duel between Kobe as a, a scoring guard and another point guard that can really facilitate the ball. So yeah. I think with that experience, that could be beneficial for the Bulls moving forward as well.
1: Just just one more thing. It's gonna be so refreshing to have a coach knock on wood that actually adapts to his team rather than
0: trying to force feed his style. Yeah. Man. <laughs> definitely, definitely, yeah. That's 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 definitely been a sign of uh, Donovan in his NBA career he's not he's done a lot to adjust to the talent he's had and there's been a lot of talent changes in Oklahoma City mm-hmm. but they have consistently been able to win uh, over his time there those uh, five or so years I think mean five years yeah. but uh we're gonna get back to the Bulls and stuff we're gonna get back to we're gonna go over do a little mock drafting uh at the end of the show but uh Right now, let's bring in our man, Gabriel Wilkins. Gave, writer for Hoops Habit and uh, focuses a lot. He's a Chicagoan, but he focuses a lot on those Houston Rockets. That's that's what he does with Hoops Habit. And, um, you know, he he loves the game overall, though, NBA. You might have heard him last week on In the Building episode with me and Demons. But, you know, we got him as a first-time runner here. And uh definitely welcome you on the show, Gabe. What's happening? What's going on, guys? Appreciate you for having me, Kyle, as always. Definitely, man. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Like I said, i you know, love to love to talk ball with you, be it on Twitter or uh here on uh on our streaming. And um, yeah, man, let's let's we we talked a little bit about the free agencies and the trades and everything that's happening but uh, you know we definitely want to get you on and and transition back to that and you know just start off with with the Houston situation you know what is what is you've been you know, have you been hearing anything in particular about you know, I guess I guess the the main storyline right now is being expressed is that uh you know Harden wants out he wants to go to um, Brooklyn uh Westbrook wants out as well but He's more up in the air in regards to where he could go, but primary uh, targets seem to be Charlotte in New York, uh, the Knicks in New York. So, uh, have you been here? That's been pretty much you've been hearing as well.
3: According to what I heard prior to hopping on the show just now, and I saw it on Twitter, Tim McMahon, who's um, been down solid in Texas, covering the Mavs and the Rockets, um, both respectively. Uh, indicated that Houston is interested in acquiring another mid to late first round pick in addition to an early second round pick prior to tomorrow night's draft. Um, I don't know if as you all know, but last night it broke out that um, the Rockets agreed to a deal in principle with the Portland Trail Blazers to give up Robert Covington in exchange yeah. for a 2020 first round pick in this draft, which would be the 16th overall pick, including a 2021 first round pick, which is something that I know the Rockets and Ralph Stone specifically were seeking to acquire. Um not only just is you know potential asset to have in a deal that maybe lands them another star player, but also for their future due to having traded their 2021 first round pick that they owned originally to the Oklahoma City Thunder as part of the Westbrook and CP3 ordeal last year uh, in July. So I know that they also indicated that they're not going to budge on their stance as an as an ownership group and as a management group when it comes to Harden and Westbrook. That if they do trade them, that they seek to get um, a significant bear of assets in return, and specifically for Harden, who's in the midst of the prime, his career, is coming off of his third straight scoring title after averaging 30-plus a game for the last three straight seasons. First player – to win three straight scoring titles since Kevin Durant and the only player to make the all NBA first team in the last four seasons. Um, LeBron can't even say that one. So mm-hmm. I, I know that that's something that they've been talking about specifically. And I think what they're trying to do, honestly, is put themselves in a position, whether or not Harden is there or or Westbrook is there to at least field a competitive enough roster with a box office star that can attract fans, if not keep fans, um, in the Toyota Center, which I would believe would be open to fans, considering the way that Texas has been operating as a state um, in the sure. Southwest. Sure.
1: So, Gabriel, you talking about? So, you saying, considering everything that Milwaukee had to give up to get Drew Holiday, that means like a team got to give up their whole roster for uh, Harden, right?
3: <laughs> Absolutely, I, I would expect so, and I, I wouldn't think that Ralph Stone would do any different or handle it any different. He's a first-time GM in the league. Um, he's a black GM, so he has a lot to prove. And he's only the 10th mm-hmm. guy to hold black men to hold that title in the league. So as an exec, a lot of people around the league don't know him. And it's been a lot of things that are circulating. Now, I can't say that the Harden of Brooklyn report is fabricated, none whatsoever. He has ties to Brooklyn there with not only Kevin Durant, but Mike D'Antoni, who's mm-hmm. a, an assistant head, uh, assault, assistant coach and slash associate in Brooklyn. And then even with Philly, you tie in a Daryl Morey connection as well. A guy who believed in this man when no one did, gave him a five-year, $80 million deal before he played his first game as a Rocket in Detroit eight years ago. So it's a lot of connecting dots that are there. However, I think what Houston's in the midst of trying to do is entice Harden to stay as much as possible because they know how much he means to the franchise for one. And then two, superstars don't grow on trees. You know, no matter how many assets you have or draft picks, you still have to develop them at the end of the day. And the cost of developing a star when you already have a superstar on the roster, that's a lot.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll go ahead, Jasper. I was going to say, Gabriel, uh, talk about how maybe – is there any truth to the fact that maybe Harden and Westbrook feel like this may be a rebuild just because of the fact that, you know, D'Antoni's gone – um they got a new coach and i believe his name is steven silas you got a new gm um it seems like the original direction that they're comfortable with that was known for being very competitive and doing it, and that with that um that management doing whatever it took pretty much to try to get themselves over the hump they, do they do you believe that you know maybe because that is gone that idea that they may be that aggressive that idea that maybe they could stay relevant and still win that title has shifted or, or or that window has really closed to a point where they they really now are really trying to feel like they need to get out of there in order to achieve what they really want to achieve, which is a championship?
3: I, I think it's a lot of uncertainty. You have to think about it. Ralph Stone, this is his first time in the GMC. He was a guy that's been in this organization for the last 15 years, and he was a guy that mostly stayed in business operations. And Darryl was slowly bringing him along over the last three and a half to four years, involving him in basketball transactions and so forth. So this is his first rodeo. And while he's been in the organization for as long, if in, actually longer than Harden has, Harden has to build a rapport with this guy. On top of that, you have a guy like Steven Silas, a first time head coach, albeit a veteran coach in the league, is an assistant and as a scout dating back to 20 years, has had multiple stops in the league. In Cleveland and Charlotte and in Dallas, as coach Luca, uh, Kimball Walker, Le- LeBron James, he's Steph Curry. He's been around superstars, but James Harden has no rapport with this guy. Neither does Wes or Westbrook. So when you have new management and a uh, ownership group, and Tillman Fertitta and, and his son Patrick, which is taking a, a large role within the franchise, who really played a big part in them getting Silas as their coach. They they don't know like what the future holds. And then it's a lot of uncertainty. Like you have an owner that says, Well, I'm gonna do everything in my power to make sure that James Harden wins the championship. But yet he hasn't ever committed to going fully over the luxury tax throughout his three years to date since he's been in Houston and bought the team for a record setting $2.2 billion in September 2017, which was my first year where I started covering the team. So It's like your actions have to speak louder than your words. And I think that's what they're trying to see. But one thing I will give Ralph Stone credit for after last night making that move to trade Covington and getting two first round picks back is that now he has assets. And if he can continue to stockpile assets, it gives him the flexibility to either seek to go into a new era of Rockets basketball with young pieces or potentially utilize these young pieces, including a veteran like Trevor reason who was involved in that deal is trade bait and pieces to get potential stars to come to Houston in order to keep that championship window alive in an era where championships and just being able to compete for championships in this super team era is so hard to do game. I was struck by,
0: uh, whether uh, the guy said on the all smoke podcast, uh, you know they they uh you know, stacking uh Matt Barnes uh, and, uh, yeah yeah Matt Barnes they said you know they they said they had some sources of their own and that that what uh really made I don't know if they I think they they were speaking more towards Harden that but they said that he really didn't feel that he was acknowledged in the decision in the decision making as much as. As he would want, and that's really was the uh, the catalyst for him wanting to leave. Do you think that 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 might have been the case?
3: It's been a lot of smoke and mirrors, from what I heard down there in Houston. Adam Spolane, who's with Sports Radio 610, does a hell of a job um, covering Rockets basketball as well as NBA news. Underground guy, but well known in Houston. The Harden was and Westbrook were both involved in the head coaching process. When it came to that search, they were very involved. Now, Harden was not able to get to Houston, but the Rockets wanted him in Houston to actually sit down in meetings when they were interviewing multiple head coaching candidates for the vacancy at the time. Now, to my knowledge, the player in Westbrook, they wanted John Lucas. They were very adamant about John Lucas having that job. Who they did not want was Jeff Van Gundy. If it was up to Tillman for Tita, I think Jeff Van Gundy would have ended up more likely becoming a head coach uh, once again of the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. They went in a different direction. They decided to go with the young up-and-coming face in Steven Silas. And he was a guy who a lot of people, I don't know if they know, but I think most forget people in NBA circles. He was actually the runner-up to Dan Tony when the Rockets had a previous head coach in vacancy mm-hmm. in the – Spring of 2016. So mm. while it wasn't a surprise to some people in the house, it, it had caught Harden and Westbrook by surprise to some degree. And I think that's maybe why you see part of it. Although, according to sources and multiple reports that I heard coming out of Houston, they were fully backing Stephen Silas as the head coach. In my personal heart of hearts, I believe that some of these reports that we're hearing or smoke, as much as it can be some truth to it. I think that, because one thing I know about James Harden, just covering him, he doesn't talk a a lot to like most media figures at all. He's a very down-to-earth guy, and he's a a guy that's really hell-bent and focused on trying to become one of the best basketball players in the world, which is what he's done throughout the course of his eight years to date in uh, Houston. So, but from what I know, they were involved in the process. Now, James Harden was not in Houston when they were seeking to fill that head coaching position, but he did sit in meetings. He had Zoom sessions with Silas, including Westbrook as well.
0: Yeah, a lot of a lot has come up in the past couple of days about Harden's processes and how he's been of his generation, he's been like really the only major player who hasn't been out on on um, the free agent market, really, and everything. He's he's showed a lot of loyalty to his teams that he's been a part of, and he's shown a lot of loyalty to Houston. You know, what what do you think in his mind makes him, you know, he's, he's at this point now, though, where he feels he wants to move on. What do you think is his thinking, his process that makes him think that Brooklyn would be an ideal place for him to go to as opposed to anywhere else.
3: Because for one, he has a familiarity with Kevin Durant. And the last time that he got a chance to play on the championship stage was eight years ago. and Who was on his team? Kevin Durant. I think with James Harden is doing a lot of soul searching, honestly. Here's a guy that just turned 31 in August. He'll be entering his 12th season in the NBA. He's been to the playoffs every single season of his career, yet he has fallen short of winning a championship. And even though he's in the prime of his career, the window of opportunity to win is relatively slim. And when you look at the Western Conference right now, every team that's in the thick of the playoff race has at least one or two primary stars. You know, you look at the Lakers, they have AD and LeBron. You look at Denver, Nicole Bear. You look at Phoenix, who just added CP3 yesterday alongside of Devin Booker. You look at Memphis with the rookie of the year and John Moran. You look at Dallas with Luka. You know, it's a lot of firepower. And it's in the Western Conference, you know, in my time covering the Rockets, I've learned a lot about. Western Conference basketball. Watch a lot of Western Conference games. It's you get a an elite matchup every single night, and in the best of seven series, where teams are scouting you out left and right, they know what's coming. They know what you're gonna do. You need to have optionality. You you need to have the ability to be able to beat teams in multiple ways, and you also need start power. And I think he's looking at that, and he's saying. If I go to Brooklyn, if that's really what he's thinking, if I go to Brooklyn, I have a guy that I know is willing to play off the ball. I have the ability to play off the ball. Granted, though, I may have not been able to do it. I haven't done it since I've been in Houston as much because Mike D'Antoni blessed me with the opportunity to be the leading ball handling the point guard, which is by the by product that I became an assist champion. I became a scoring champion. You know, it, it's – I think he's thinking about a lot of these things, and, it, and, it, and at the end of the day, it all comes down to a championship by any means. And he, and you feel that pressure, you know, in this era that we live in, which is ring culture, you know, you see it on NBA Twitter all the time. Loyalty isn't viewed the same way as it once was in previous eras of basketball. You know, if James Harden was playing in the 1990s in Houston and went ringless, but he was a record book king, like he's on his way to becoming and joining Will Chamberlain and various record books alongside of Michael Jordan and other esteemed greats of the game. It's a different story. But now, you know, it's ever evolving 24-7, 365 media cycle. You know, anything goes. And people talk, people get in one another, each other's ears. Camps start to listen. And they say, maybe I do find this idea to be of interest.
0: Yeah, he's he's already a very uh, you know critic. He he's criticized as much as any player, elite player in the league, you know, for his style of play and everything. And I think you know the, there's definitely an opportunity going forward for him for the the turn up to get pretty hot on him with regards to him not not winning a, a championship. So yeah, it, it was seen that he's trying to cut that off at the head, but i don't know if that i don't know if that's gonna be the best fit though i mean for fantasy's sake do you think that would be the best fit or do or would you think could you imagine another place where he may
3: be an even better fit me personally and i'm not even saying this just because i cover the rockets i feel like he's in the best place possible to win a championship right now i really do i feel like this is his opportunity if you want to If you wanna win a championship and you wanna get everybody off of your back, why not do it in a place where the fan base hasn't seen a championship in over a quarter century? They haven't won since 1995. Why not do it being the leading vocal point of an offense? I don't really like the, the Brooklyn fit or find it to be the most ideal from a defensive standpoint, offensively, the the Katie, if Katie and Harden had a pick and roll combination. I would be very intrigued to see that because who are you leaving to defend when one is seeking to drive? You know, and then you got Joe Harris out there who's a knockdown shooter, an elite guy in catch and shoot situations. If you get a big man over there, then it could get very interesting. But yeah, I, I, I like you better.
0: Yeah, I I like it better too without without Kyrie, honestly. If it was just if it yeah, if it was just uh, Kd and Harden, and you had Karis LeVert and Harris, like you say, and and then Whitty, I'd like that better in the East than having those three. And who knows how? Like you know, people saying you know there's not enough balls, you know. But but you know, there've been teams that similar constructed teams with. Three, you know, three guys who need the ball who have been with each other. But I just think the mental aspect of things, the the chemistry thing. I think it's always something up in the air when you're dealing with Kyrie. And I, I, you know, Kyrie and KD are good. KD and Harden are good. But are Harden and Kyrie going to be good? Are Harden, are Harden, Kyrie, and KD going to be?
3: And that's a wild card in my eyes as well, especially when over the years you look at how Kyrie and Harden have played both are elite level isolation scores, both are ball dominant players who, while they have the capability of playing off the ball, are not as willing as other players when it comes to doing. So I think James Harden is more willing to do it than, than Kyrie as well. And Kyrie would be the interesting wild card in that equation, in my opinion, if that pairing were to happen. But it's a lot of difficulties in regards to making that happen from the net standpoint as well. Like what assets do you have that can give the Rockets a fair deal? And then if you add a third team, you know, like that, that's tricky as well. Like you have to make financials work. You have to, you know, Houston really in a lot of ways, they hold all the leverage here. They don't have to trade him. And and this is not like an Anthony Davis, New Orleans situation where he's on like the, the final year of his contract prior to his player option expiring or, or, or declining it. It's not like that. James is still under contract for two more years. So if you're the Rockets, the one thing that you have on your side is you actually have between a year and a half to two years to play this out if you want to. Whether he wants to be there or not, he signed the long term deal. And you know, if you're a competitor at the end of the day and you have a roster with a Russell Westbrook or potentially John Wall, there's been a lot of reports rumbling that the, the Rockets and the Wizards could be doing a deal potentially within the next 24 to 48 hours, you know, you you can't turn that down and and say, Hey, I'm not gonna play with the chips as they as they as they lay because he has familiarity with both guys enough to make it work. And Steven Silas is a guy who I'd be very intrigued to see under Harden because I know I've heard Harden say on multiple occasions, I know I can play a different style of basketball. And this isolation style of basketball is not my cup of tea. I want to play in a system where there's ball movement. Steven Silas wants to bring that. I want to play in a system where, You know, guys, I'm able to drive and kick and get it to viable shooters. Now, the Rockets have some assets to work with. Potentially, they'll have some more to work with in the coming hours that they can use to further enhance and upgrade the roster around them.
1: With you saying that, it gives me, like, in the back of my head, I'm just still wondering, as I did when this first, when when Westbrook and, and Harden, uh, came out and said they wanted to be traded, uh, with PJ Tucker and um Austin Rivers talked about being disgruntled. It's like some what is going on there? Cause you just like you just said, Harden sounds like he's willing to to play a different style and, and give Silas a chance. Was there some what, what was the disconnect or is there a disconnect between Harden and Westbrook? Are they are they having Clipper like locker room issues? What's is it just that Dan Tony's gone and you know the the guy to let them kind of have the green light to shoot threes all
3: day. Like what what's what do you, is there underlying circumstances there? In my opinion, a part of it is due to, like I said, the recent change that happened with that with the head coach and then Tony and then the front office. But I also think it comes down to accountability and a lack thereof and front office leadership not holding parts accountable. You know, Harden had the green light when D'Antoni was there. Virtually anything he wanted to do offensively, he had the freedom to do it. And it showed on the court. And I'm talking, you know, the complaints that guys have. I I think some of them are fair. I could see how uh, a guy like P.J. Tucker would be irate about his contract when he's playing the five every night. And he's having a D up against the likes of Anthony Davis and, and, and Rudy Gobert, guys that are bigger than him. And he's putting his body out on the line, but yet he's only getting so many touches. I could, I could see how a guy like Eric Gordon, who went from a six-man-of-the-year award winner his first season in Houston to a guy that was a fringe starter. And one moment he was back on the bench, upset with his role either increasing in certain stretches or decreasing in others. But I think it comes down to accountability and a culture standpoint. No one ever held James accountable. It was like, it's his team, and we're going to go as he says we go. When Chris Paul was up and available for trade, it was hard who pushed for that move. When CP3 was showing signs of decline in the conference finals and he wasn't able to get to his as quick, I think the big brother, little brother dynamic that those two had kind of waned. And in Harden's eyes, he was kind of like, well, I'm looking at it like, hey, I'm carrying this team. I'm the one that was really the, the main reason why we were able to get back in that series coming down from 2-0 last year in the second round or the previous year before last. And, you know, I'm looking at you looking like you're on a decline. And then I had to carry this team and go on a 32-game game. You know, scoring streak where I averaged, or I was putting up 30 plus, you know, and you weren't there. Then insert Russell Westbrook, a guy that's my friend. I grew up with him in South Central Los Angeles. Let's make it happen. But when that happened, they traded away so many pieces of their future to make those deals happen. Going back to the Chris Paul trade, like, I don't think a lot of people know this, but Tomorrow night will be the first time in five years that the Houston Rockets have had a first-round draft pick. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and to put it in perspective for you, the guy that they took with that first-round pick in 2015 was Sam Decker. And I believe it was 16th overall. He's no longer in the league. Yeah. And he, was, he was the piece that they utilized in the deal with the Clippers alongside of Lou Williams and Patrick Beverly and a first-round pick to get Chris Paul. So they've always tried these experiments where you would pair star with Harden in the backcourt instead of just utilizing Harden as the lead piece and building a quality roster of role players alongside of him with maybe potentially another all-star in the frontcourt. Like one thing I noticed that James has never had since he's been in Houston, he's had dynamic pick-and-roll bigs. But he's never had a big that can stretch the floor and shoot.
1: That was I. I think uh, since the off season started, I've always been kind of intrigued to see if him and Embiid could some way link up. I don't know if that could happen, but I just want to see that. I want to see that combination.
3: I think that could happen. But, I think that could happen. But this is the thing that 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 kills it. I don't think Tillman Fertitta wants to do business with Daryl Moore. Right, right.
0: Yeah, he's in Philly. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. And personal grudges, as much as it shouldn't be involved in business, it always typically ends up being involved. Like I, I think the sixes would give up a boatload of assets to the Rockets. But I I just don't think the Rockets would be interested in that.
0: Hmm. But for T the to, to be old school in that way where he 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 gonna carry the grudges and <laughs> you know he, he ain't gonna care. He them them old Texas old men, they, they carry <laughs> the grudges. Exactly. Well,
1: Gabriel, let me ask you, me ask you this. Mm-hmm. If they are somehow able to acquire Wall, is that enticing enough for James Harden to stay?
3: I don't know, but I do know this. <laughs> Over the last couple of weeks, James Harden has been playing in a lot of pickup basketball games with John Wall mm-hmm. out in Miami uh, at the Stanley Remy workout sessions. So it will be very intriguing to see. Um, I personally think that, or I wouldn't be surprised if they sought to potentially trade one of those first-round picks that they have tomorrow night to Cleveland and maybe put in Eric Gordon as part of that package to try and entice the Cavaliers to give up Kevin Love. Mm -hmm. And, yeah,
0: that's – a. A big who could shoot right there, yeah, yeah,
3: and, and and a guy that needs to be in a winning situation and also has familiarity with Westbrook dating back to UCLA and even Harden with those guys, all three being West Coast guys, play who pe- who played uh, in the pac twelve together. Hmm.
0: That'd be something. There. So you you're foreseeing a possibility because my my thinking was that Westbrook is out the door regardless, but you you think there's a possibility that he could still stay around to?
3: If the trade market is bearing for him and the Rockets are able to get assets that they believe to be, you know, impactful or beneficial for their future, I could see Westbrook potentially staying. I don't think it's a guarantee fully. I think he would be the first domino they would going to flip as opposed to James. But, you know, I, I, it would have to be an offer that's like overwhelming. Like if, if if Charlotte's willing to give up the number three overall pick for Russell Westbrook, oh yeah, they'd do that.
0: <laughs> well, see, it's, I've heard something that says that that Mike ain't uh, ain't down with that though. Unfortunately, <laughs> I would like I would like to see that. We, we're about to do some mocking in the in the top. Uh, I think we're gonna do the top eight picks. So I'm. I wanna see you know what y'all think about these these top spots. But yeah, I would like to see I wanna see something wild like that happen. Like yeah, like I wanna see a, a team like Houston or San Antonio or somebody get into the top four or just you know, like I say just blow blow everything up, man. I just wanna see some wild shit like that happen, man. But if, but before we do that, you know, gay, what what we we were talking before you came on about the just the the, the past couple of days and uh some of the established deals that are that are going to happen uh that are n- not yet on paper but uh looks like they're going to happen uh like the bucks deals and uh, CP3 going to Phoenix and stuff what what has uh, caught your eye or what has resonated with you the most over the past day or two the
3: bucks land them uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich a guy who is very gifted in the pick and roll game, not only as a playmaker, but as a scorer, Um, being able to facilitate and create for others. I think he would be a big help for Milwaukee in the manner in which Malcolm Brogdon was for that team a couple of years ago prior to leaving for Indiana. I I really like that pickup for them a lot. And I was very surprised that Sacramento gave him up for like, for the pieces that they got back in return. Um, I, I really like that move a lot for Milwaukee. And of course, the Chris Paul trade pairing up CP3 with Devin Booker to give them one of the, the best backcourts in the Western Conference, alongside of a young big and DeAndre Aiden, who, you know, was suspended last year for 25 games as a result of a PED scandal. But I think really showed a lot of signs of promise and growth in the bubble. I really think he's gonna be the biggest winner out of that deal.
0: Okay. Okay. But yeah, let's uh, let's uh, you know, we're gonna wrap up uh, within the half hour here. But uh, let's let's get back to the draft uh, coming up tomorrow, and i uh, look at some of these top picks. And um, yeah, I, I I got a thing in front of me. I don't think I'm gonna share it because I think it's a, a ESPN Plus thing. But they have a post that is it says grade A NBA mock draft, the perfect picks in each position. And, uh, you know, this is without trades or anything. And uh, I think they say that the perfect pick for Minnesota would be LaMelo, for Golden State would be Wiseman. For the Hornets, they got Okun- Okunegwu, uh, the USC big man. And for the Bulls, they got Anthony Edwards. So that's... They- do you think you think you guys think that something like that could possibly happen? Is there any way that Edwards could possibly fall to four? And if he does fall, would that be a no brainer for the Bulls?
2: I would think so. Um, I mean, just because of the fact that if you talk about drafting the best player available, that he Anthony Edwards is the I per- one of, one of the perfect guys to to, to do that with. Um, and on top of that. On top of that, the we talked about how the Bulls need that extra wing player that can be that can play both ends of the floor, um, someone that can okay. score the ball and shoot the ball, you know, at a decent rate while also being a good defender. Anthony Edwards can provide that, especially if you want to keep Zach Levine at the two or even move him to the three. You could put Anthony Edwards at the two, so I think I think Anthony Edwards will be perfect for that for that type of role. But that but that's the thing he has to be available. He has to drop availability wise to the bulls i've heard you know there's we've been hearing all types of things about how maybe Lamelo could potentially drop or even anthony elvis could drop so it that's that's what makes these things so unique and knowing charlotte and the fact that they haven't been that great in drafting either you got to see out i mean seeing them you don't they mm-hmm. may pick the guy from usc and, and really shock shock you know the normal um thoughts that a lot of people were thinking with who they will go with so
0: yeah. um, who, the, who think, the african brother they they've had down there for a while uh, I'm Trying to think of that brother's name, Bianbo. Yeah, B- yes. My- yes. Yeah. Oh. I'm like they, they like <laughs> they, they look at the name. They're like, "Oh, we got a Bianbo 2.0 here." I want. I see. That's the thing. Like, it, if if you look at that top three, you got to if you if you if you where you whether you're talking about Ball or Edwards? You know, falling down. You got to have one of those top three reach. And it would seem that the the odds on favorite for reaching would be Charlotte. And and you no, know, we've seen I've seen that I think in, in some athletic reports too for the, the athletic. Like some people have them going after the uh, that kid there, okay, okay uh, and uh, you know, maybe that will lead to a pleasant surprise for the Bulls. I don't know, but you know, we we'll see. But let, let's let's do this. Let's go around since it's four of us. Let's go around. Starting, I'll start off, and Drew, you do two. Josh, you do three, and Gabe, you do the Bulls at four. And let's give our picks who we think will go. So we'll, you know, I'll start it off with Minnesota, and I think, you know, as much as Edwards may be, the top. Talent in the draft. I think they're going to be enticed by the ball situation, the st- the, the potential stardom there, the uh, the the ball, the playmaking ability, the the ability to like say control the ball, up tempo, do whatever, pretty much do whatever you whatever you want with the ball. And they'll, they'll allow Russell to play off of him. They have the big man who he'll be able to feed with a, you know, with a. And, and you know, I, I just think that he's gonna be too. He's gonna be too enticing for them to take for not for them to turn down. And I think uh, Lamelo Ball's gonna go uh, number one. And uh, there's gonna be a lot of rejoicing in the Ball family, and uh, a lot of wildness up in. Up in the Ten Thousand Great Lakes, <laughs> the land of Ten Thousand Lakes, uh, and uh, yeah, they are gonna take the ball, the the ball reunion, the ball uh, uh show up there, and uh, that's what that's what I'm going with. But uh, Drew, what do you what do you think at two? It seems like it seems like everybody is uh, uh you know, re- resigned to seeing Weissman go to Golden State. Do you see any different?
1: I don't unless they, they do something just, you know, out of left field. Um, I think Wiseman, his potential, I don't know if you, you can't pass that up at number two. He's, he'd be in a perfect position, hardly no pressure. He can rim run, protect, um, catch lives, you know, picking rolls with these guys. Like, I, I just think the, the potential there, the upside there, you can't pass on that, man. They, they don't have an overwhelming need except for maybe that type of player. Um, So yeah, I can't see them passing up on Wiseman. I think that's 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 a safe pick.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, he seems to be—he's a he could be a rim runner, he's a rim protector. And when you look at those those teams, those dynasty teams, they had guys who were you know much less talented. Maybe maybe you could argue for Javale being at, at least equally talented at, at this point in Wiseman's development. But they had guys like that who can do the, who can occupy the paint. And, you know, maybe they weren't there in the in the clutch minutes. Maybe, you know, they left them out for the death lineup and all that stuff or the, the Hamptons lineup. But to have that young guy in there and be, be able to mold him from day one, I think that's got to be something that they, they got to love potentially.
1: Yeah, with, you know his his biggest flaws being his offensive game. Won't he can mask those basically with Golden State. You can just focus mm-hmm. on defense, like we said, defense rebounding.
0: Yeah. Well, Josh, Josh, we giving you three. So this is the this is the all important position with Charlotte. What do, do they do? They screw up the, the the pick, or do they do they just go uh, with the obvious pick in Evans?
2: I won't be surprised if they screw up and go for go for the USC guy or maybe even Denny. I would not be surprised if they take that type of uh, that type of leap. But if they were smart and Lamelo Ball, if he really does go number one in the draft, I think they would. It's a no-brainer for them to go after Anthony Edwards. Um, the fact that he's the like I said, the, probably the best talent in the actual draft itself. The fact that he could score the ball so effortlessly. Um, the impact defensively can be um, magnified if he continues to work on that in the NBA. It, it it just it makes the most sense to go after a guy like that unless you're literally that desperate to where you want to get someone that can be offensive-minded from a big man perspective, which is something that they have lacked as of recent. So I think I I, I see them going after Anthony Edwards, bearing that go left field, but it's Charlotte. You really never know what they're gonna do. Cause nine out of ten, they not they may not ideally go with the pick you think they will go with.
1: Yeah, Mike. Mike needs to hit a home run, man. There's too many singles in Charlotte. Wait
2: yeah,
0: in yeah. And it, you know, you, you look at some of their talent they got in the backcourt already. Devontae Graham had a great season last year, and uh, you know, who has who who's that? Who's been running point down there? Rozier. Rozier. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They got him. They got him for Boston. So. I mean that, yeah. That's a, potentially a trio of really uh, nice perimeter scoring right there. Uh, for, you know, they may not, like I say, defensively. You know, you may not get much with them, but they're a team that could probably do a lot of scoring and, and do a lot of exciting things on the court at least. So, you know, that's that's something that Charlotte may like, and who knows? They may, you know, they may string in Westbrook too, and just have like the shortest, angriest line up in the league you know like just a bunch of there's a bunch of gunners man six four gunners
2: and stuff you know that'd be fun and not to mention too kyle if you think about it anthony edwards if they do keep if they do trade russell westbrook to charlotte for that third pick you get an anthony a guy like anthony edwards may, and Harden, that could be a yeah. nice little, uh that's an that could be a nice might be in play. play yeah 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 that's good
0: good thinking that would, be,
3: that would thinking. be real intriguing
0: yeah. All right. So, Gabe, as as our special guest, but you know, like I say you are a Chicagoan, so you know the Bulls. You know, what do you think the Bulls it, will, will do with the fourth pick tomorrow?
3: If I I know if I was um, AK, and Eversley, I, I would seek to go with Opie Toppin out of day, mm-hmm. a guy that uh, is a bona fide walking Bucket coming into the league, and I think he'd be ready to shine immediately offensively. Granted, he has questions, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. He could be a lot better, but I, I like his ability to run the floor um and get Buckets in that capacity. He can score out the mid-range. He can score out the, the block. He can shoot threes. He kind of always reminds me of Kenya Martin, but mm-hmm. he's way more athletic. He can put the ball on the deck, and I think the Bulls, need to transition themselves you know into getting more younger and more athletic with with billy donovan you know of course otto porter is your starting small forward for now but you let Obi get his feet wet and then once you trade away porter you allow him to you know start in that lineup and get and get some starting minutes i really think he could eat here and, and do some great things for the Bulls alongside of Kobe White at the at the point, Zach Levine at the two. You throw Obi in there with with Laurie and Wendell. You got some size with, with some guys at the guard spot that can make some things happen. And you have a fun and exciting young roster that'll help you sell tickets under Billy Donald. But well, you talk about getting
0: younger, but you know, Obi in the draft is one of the older guys. He so, is. Yeah, he <laughs> is. He's younger than Porter, of course, but he's 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 a he's more of an established guy which makes him a pick that you is sort of a throwback to the previous era cuz you know they liked older guys who went through college and for a couple years and stuff like that but i'm i'm not down on obi and i and i i see what you're saying in regards to his fit on the court with the bulls and you could put potentially a front court together with him uh, Lori and, and uh, Wendell, sort of a positionless front court, but guys who can switch off of each other def- or defensively. But you know, Wendell's gonna do more in the post, of course. But guys who can offensively, I think it be more of a threat than maybe even uh, Danny who I'm gonna go with next for uh, Cleveland, but uh. I think you could go either way with those picks four or five. I could see those going either way, and um, but you know I, you know I think I think a lot of people are gonna be salty in, in Chicago if Topic gets here, but I don't I don't I'm not down on them like that. I you know if it, if it happens I'm I'll I'll be open to see how it goes, but I don't know if he's gonna he's gonna be the most popular pick here in Chicago. I'll be one of those people that's that's a little salty. Yeah, like, I know I mean, the- although if they draft Denny, then I'll
1: be the saltiest. But uh, yeah, you my,
0: you'd be more salty with Denny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obi,
1: I like Obi. so I, that was a great comparison, man. With with Kenya Martin, I just I worry about mm-hmm. him defensively and him playing the three, especially given that the stars in the NBA are wings, are three. So whatever he gets on the offensive end, I wonder what he gives up defensively. That's that's yeah. the only. But yeah. He's super, super athletic, man. Yeah. Extremely athletic.
0: He is. He is. He is, and that's uh, that's something I would love to see more of on the Bulls in general. Just more athleticism.
3: Same, so, man. I think he yeah. provides them with that, and and that's something that they need. I, I would like to see a Bulls team that plays at a much faster pace, and that are able to have guys when they are able to get stops that can they can run and gun with and get easy buckets. That that you know, as a young team, you can't have enough of that. Yeah, All right, so I'm
0: gonna go. I like get five. I said, uh, that originally I wanted to work out some sort of deal with Cleveland and the Knicks at eight, <laughs> and because I want it primarily, I was gonna be doing a bit, and uh, my punchline was gonna be that uh, uh, Tristan was gonna end up in New York and start basketball wise, New York, somehow, but but uh. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna chill and just say that Denny goes five to Cleveland. I like his ability to potentially be, you know, he could, you could probably plug him right away at the three in Cleveland and have him be a guy who uh, is a you no know, facilitator type dude, the point point forward type action. He can, he can, you know, get the ball up and down the court. He can be a more you know where where Garland or uh, Sexton may fail in some areas when they you know distributing the ball, he can pick them up with that. He's a smooth player. He you know maybe he's got to improve on his on his jump shooting a little bit, but he's a he's a guy who can get the ball to the rim as well. I like I like him. You know, be whether they are able to keep love and keep that uh. Those elder guys that they have on the team, those, the little older guys, probably, they should have Drummond for a while. You know, I think he's good, he's a guy who can make an impact there right away. With a uh, you know, because he's a bit more polished than the average guy you're going to get out of this draft because he's has so much experience from over in uh, in Israel. Where mm. we we'll at Atlanta? Yeah, six Atlanta. Ooh.
1: So we we working with Trey Young. We got Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. Capella's over there, too, now, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. Hmm. Let me go with Halliburton, man. I'm going to go Tyrese Halliburton out of, out of Iowa State, man. I just worry about that. Not so sold on that backcourt, though, but at this point, he might be the best player available for what they need. Hmm. Um,
0: let me go back to this ESPN thing. They got uh, they had Halliburton as the ideal pick for Cleveland, mm. and they had Denny down in Atlanta. Ooh. So I don't know, but yeah. yeah. But say how he put Denny in Cleveland, so I mean, I guess that would put Tyrese as the next best player. So uh, yeah, I mean as a tall guard, as a tall guard in that backcourt, what what do you think he would he would add to uh you know being alongside uh Trey Young and all that? You kind of offset
1: uh Trey Young's size. Um Halliburton needs to get bigger, needs to get in the weight room. Um, but he's supposed to be a, a really good pick and roll guy, uh, pretty good facilitator. He can also shoot threes, so he can he can also play off of Trey Young. Um So, I can see that working out, man. I can see that working out for them.
0: Atlanta's a team I wouldn't mind seeing trade either. Like trade down and maybe with a more contending team and see – because I would like probably Halliburton on a more, co- more contending team.
3: That's a possibility too because yeah. they looking at Gordon Hayward right now. Mm. Atlanta's looking at Hayward? According to a lot of yeah. reports I've been reading on Twitter lately, uh this evening prior to help hopping on with you guys, that they're, they're seriously thinking about putting together a deal with for Gordon Haywood in the signing trade.
0: Okay, okay.
3: I like that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. So we had uh we at seven now, Josh. Where's the seven? That's uh Detroit. Who who, who you think will fit there in Detroit? I think I think you may want to go with a guard there, man, a point guard probably.
2: That's the thing. You guys already took uh, Halliburton. I think the next uh, point guard for me out of that group is uh, Killian Haynes. Uh, That's the best, I think, option for Detroit to have, especially since you don't really know what's going to happen with Derrick Rose. He may not even Mm – he might be on the move from Detroit. Uh, so that would be a good um, option for the Pistons to have. But I actually wouldn't even be surprised too if he actually gets um, maybe like somebody like an Isaac Okoro, um, who's is a wing that player can, that can get the three a little bit, but also is very uh, a good defender, wing player. Um, um, that, that could be I someone like that can fill in that role as well for no. Detroit. Detroit. So well, I think that's an option we
0: Okoro's begin some comparisons to. He's been getting some good defensive, like uh, some people even say, like a broke Jimmy Butler or something like that, or a, a unrefined Jimmy Butler or something like that with Wakarau. So that that might be a good way to go too for Detroit, definitely. Yeah, I, but I, I like I like Hayes. If they say he's as good as he potentially as he can be, you know, Detroit, like I said, it needs somebody to run that offense, and you know, I think even whether. Whether D Rose stay there or not, you know, I think they could use somebody like that, you know, myself. But uh, we gonna leave we gonna leave it at eight uh, in the Knicks because you know beyond that anything could happen. But I, I love I just love to just the Knicks on draft nights because you know they always do something that piss off their fans. And, you know. They gonna take Denny. <laughs> <laughs> That's just gonna piss you off, Drew. Now just, but Gabe, yeah, you know, yeah, throw, you know, what, what do you think, man? Throw, throw us some as well, you know, given our picks that we've made so far. What do you think <laughs> uh, the Knicks would do?
3: Man, man. you talk about That's a team I mean. in New York that they need everything,
0: yeah, um,
3: in so many ways. If I'm the Knicks, I'm I'm trying to hit a home run on a guy that to me is like one of the biggest mystery prospects in the draft. And I want point guard because as much as I like Frank McLeod, um as a defensive player, his shot, you know, and his inability to hit shots made him a, a tremendous liability on the offensive end. I would want to take Kira uh, Lewis Jr. out of Alabama. Mm. That's a guy that I would really, really think about considering taking with the eighth pick. He's a guy that could get up and down the court. You have young athletes there and RJ Barrett, Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson. You know, you you want to you want to play fast as far as I'm concerned and with Tom Thibodeau being there, I'm pretty sure you know practices are going to be tough. But that's a guy that I would want leading my group. A guy that's battle tested and was coached under the tutelage of Avery Johnson. So I yeah. think if it would be anybody that can handle a guy like Tibbs, it would be him. That would be who I would go with.
0: Yeah, they say Lewis is a tough guy to get off the court, and he's a guy that will defend. So yeah, definitely under the Tibbs. That's that's a guy that you would want. That's a that may be a little bit of a of a high pick for him too, with the, from what we've seen with the mocks, But like, the the Knicks are capable of doing that. So you know, yeah, it, that, that, that we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I like that. That was that was nice, guys. I appreciate that. Well, that went well. So, like I said, at one we got. Let's go over it right quick. At one, I, we have Ball, Lamelo Ball, Wiseman, then um, Edwards, then uh, Obi Toppin, then Denny at Ab- 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh and um, at six we had. Uh, we had six. Who had six, Drew? Uh, Halliburton. Halliburton. Halliburton to ATL uh Killian Hayes to Detroit and Kira Lewis Jr. to the Knicks all right? nope that could be a pretty interesting draft right there. no trades involved but you know we'll we'll see if that is played in the mix at all if there are any deals on draft night and um yeah we're gonna rock uh you know we're gonna do some watching watch with a rock uh rock with a watch party tomorrow on Facebook, and, um, you no, know, you guys are invited, and uh, we may have a couple of other of our guys from the war crew and everything involved, so definitely you guys, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're invited as well. War Media uh, Facebook page will be on uh, about uh, probably about 6.30 or so, and uh, we're going to play it at least up to the Bulls pick if they stay at four or thereabouts. You know we're going we're not gonna do the whole thing. and I ain't gonna be on that long but <laughs> we we just gonna play it up to the bulls pick there like I said around there and uh react to the bull no mainly we're gonna want to do some instant reaction to the bulls pick uh, or the bulls decision whatever they do and uh, yeah that's gonna be it for now though uh that's it for this show uh we're gonna be back up uh, maybe in a week or so to to recap uh, the draft and uh whatever else happens this week uh with free agency and trades and stuff you know so uh look forward to getting back with uh you guys Drew and Justin and and Gabe man you definitely uh want you, uh want you to be involved with the show going forward man so we'd love to have you back on to talk more uh as the, as the season unfolds and stuff man
3: perfect man appreciate you guys having
0: me. yeah definitely definitely so that's it for now, though. Uh, we though we ended this run. Uh, we're going to pack up, uh, take our ball home, yeah. and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, go, go freshen up. But uh, yeah, like I said, tomorrow, uh, war draft watch party on Facebook, uh, our Facebook page. So uh, check us out there and uh, check us out uh, with everything. We are uh, Drew over there got the uh, the Chicago Sports Exchange post popping again. Uh, that's up now. Uh, you know, Josh got all type of stuff that he's written in the past. You can look up. And, uh, you know, yeah, that's it, man. We, uh like I said, the podcast as well, of course, uh, War on Anchor. This will be on there uh, within the next day or so, uh, the audio version of this. So check that out if you uh, didn't see the whole show. And, um, yeah. That's it. Plenty more to come. Plenty more basketball coverage and plenty more good stuff. And uh yeah, we'll holler at y'all later though, man. Enjoy yourself and keep bouncing. All right.